Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to the show. Zach Kalman is back. We will be discussing our Chicago Bears versus 49ers recap of that yes. monsoon of a game that had taken place in Chicago. Uh, but Zach, welcome back. Like I said, we'll try to make this weekly as long as my schedule allows it. Not his, mine. I'm all over the place. But uh, apologize again, but he's back. We're both working out. We're both busy people, you know? It's fine. It's fine. Now we get. Now we have to make time to celebrate wins this this week. We, hey, we, we both we both made the right prediction. We did. The, like the change of heart paid off. I wish I would have known the weather because I probably definitely would have maybe said it, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize like the, the the monsoon that had come through. I didn't know that was what that was supposed to be because I was in like north. East-ish Illinois near was near uh, uh, Six Flags up in Gurney near that area. And it had come through. Didn't realize it. Driving back home, watching the game on my phone because I'm dedicated. Right. And, it, and we're, and we're driving through what hit us. And then that's what hit in the fourth quarter. I'm going to have myself. But what we drove through is what hit them. And so I was like, oh. But yes, you convinced me to pick them. And I tweeted it too. Like, we did. We said they'd win. You, you know, I, I I didn't. I I was I was going off. I guess some principles of how they could win that did pan out in this in this one. But 
I think there's a lot. It's a lot more complex as to how this got pulled off. That we you got to jump into a lot of factors. Right. I think came into play, particularly the second half, that really just kind of sparked a few things towards the Bears' direction. And you know, honestly, I, I want to start off with this. Just look, just look at first off. If you're if if you want proof that stats don't always matter in a game, just take a look at the box score. Okay, I mean, we 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 got. We got outpaced by the 49ers by by over 130 yards on the day. Um, I mean, time of possession was in their favor. You know, main things they they didn't really control, and I was kind of surprised by this and the outcome. Knowing Kyle Shanahan, they weren't disciplined whatsoever. There's 12 penalties, 99 yards. A lot of those were crucial drive continuing penalties in the second half. You know. I know at least one of our, our our second touchdown in that half was definitely continued off of uh, off of it. We have a face mask penalty. Yes, it <laughs> just allowed us to keep going. Um, yeah, you know, just costly mistakes on their end. And in Chicago, it's funny they were one of the least penalized teams this past weekend. Something that is a complete 180 of sorts for at least the beginning of the year than we've seen. A lot more disciplined team. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. That coach, they, I mean, they talked about Coach Eberflus's practices being more difficult. And one of the things they said throughout the game was they keep talking about mental toughness and like buy into what's going on. And um, it, it's all little shots at Matt Nagy the more they say it. Like, where was this with Matt Nagy? Where was this with any other coach, really? Right. Um, but you are correct in that. Now, 49ers had some injuries, Kittles didn't play. Um, Mitchell got hurt both on my fantasy mm-hmm. team, which kind of hurt the soul. But they had those. But you're right. It, it at the in the second half. I know we can talk about the weather, but it did not look like a 49ers regular team. No. Um, and the Bears just hung around, like they did just enough to hang around, which we didn't normally see last year. It was either we were up on a few teams, or if we got down, we were down, and we never came back. We just kind of hung in there. And you are right. I didn't realize the penalties. I didn't even think about that. With as sloppy of a game that it was, we didn't have that many penalties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really pretty clean game from that perspective. Nothing nothing crazy. And if you consider that one of those was a penalty for drying the, the turf, oh. that means overall, like, beyond the silly stuff, they only had two penalties that were not, that were regular fouls. Like like I said, that even decreases that. I mean, it's just kind of impressive that this is not the same. It feels like it's not the same team in that regard already this year. What a stupid rule. Like, what a stupid, stupid rule. You can alter. I I laughed, but then I thought about it, and they're like, well, yeah, I I guess technically it's altering the playing surface. But isn't removing the snow altering the playing surface as well. I don't know, man. <laughs> I've never I've, I've I've never seen it, but like still it's hilarious. Cap off the Bears in recent years to just pull weird penalties out of their hats even even when it's not that even to me when that doesn't seem that strange. Uh I couldn't believe it. I like cuz parts part of it I was watching on my phone without the sound cuz we were somewhere and then I saw that and I go I have to turn this up and I turned it up. I'm like, "What was the penalty?" Altering the plane surface, and I was like, "Have you seen the plane surface? There is none. It's it's water. It's, what what are you talking about? I, I couldn't believe it." Um, 
but yeah, I guess uh, some things are on my mind, and I'm going to be bouncing all over. Sure. I'm surprised how the 49ers had opportunities to just put their foot on the Bears' throat. Like, they they showed, quote-unquote, dominance in that first half, but they would never capitalize. You know, they got up that 7 nothing. And it just felt like it should have at times it should have been twenty one nothing. It felt like at times it should have been way more than what it was, and so they just didn't have that. They didn't have that. Let's put the clamps fully down. And I don't know if that was due to injuries. I don't know if that was Trey Lance not capitalizing, and you know the play calling were great. I loved watching the 49ers in that first quarter I was like this is what the Bears need to do play action they kept six to seven in the block and just found somebody open I'm like this is what we need to do and they just never put the clamps on us and the Bears D-line didn't look good in the first half the O-line definitely didn't look good in the first half uh nobody got open but Justin Fields only got sacked twice yeah I couldn't believe that it felt like he got hit like six times um, I, just, I couldn't yeah. believe how they didn't put the clamps on him. Well, you know, the I think it really is a tale of two halves offensively. Defensively, I think my my reasoning on as to what I'm like, okay, I was really happy that this turned differently. is because you're right. First half, I, I thought they were going to slam the gas and it would be over. Because, you know, you had that first drive, you know, and luckily Jalen Johnson gets a nice peanut Tillman punch out. And ends and ends what could have been a potential touchdown first drive of the game, and then you have later on they do go up seven nothing and you're like okay, this is starting to feel like they maybe they're going to end with double digit points going into the second half. You know they're getting momentum. We can't generate anything offensively. And then on that note, offensively, I sit there and me my dad said my dad and I discussed this and we're think and I'm thinking back I'm like, wow it's like we turned the clock back to like 2007 where. You know, Ron Turner's calling plays. Because, I mean, <laughs> oh, somehow get Luke Getzey's calling screen after screen, simple run plays. There's not much throwing. And, sure, it's rainy, but it was nothing like the second half at that point. They could have easily stretched the field out. And they just did They just did a little to nothing <laughs> in the first half. It was very good. It was a, like extreme conservative play calling. Like, we didn't want to mess things up. We threw an interception early, so we wanted to kind of, like, close things off. We'll just, like, mm-hmm. play defense and bide our time. And then finally in the second half, you know, that Dante Pettis broken coverage touchdown pass, they went, ah, mm-hmm. there we go. We can do that. And it's like, right. yeah, you could have done that the whole time. <laughs> it's, it was like the spark that kicked everything off to go in the right direction. Like there was more of movement. Fields is getting out of the pocket and he's running more. He's not waiting behind the pocket. You know, felt like runs were they, were, they were, they were okay throughout the day. It wasn't too impactful, but it was like Fields started doing things with his legs and it just opened up a little bit more. And then the defense clamped down even farther or took advantage of just weird mistakes from San Francisco. Right. Because uh, you only when Bears teams can't pass the ball, they can still decently run the ball. And like you said, there was times where we got a little bit of movement. Then there was times where we got nothing. And that's what worried me was – we can't even run the football. Like, at least last year, if we couldn't get a pass going, at least we had something on the ground from a zone game to whatever it was. And I think we only had, like, 99 yards of rushing, which you don't normally see. Mm-hmm. And that's from Justin Fields, Herbert. Herbert, I think, was the leading rusher, uh, 45 yards. Yep. Uh, 
And then Montgomery, 17 carries, can only get 26 yards. So it was a lot of, you know, that, that line is kind of figuring itself out. It's not what that Maggie person said on that show saying, oh, it's easy to be an offensive lineman and just get acclimated. It's not. It, it takes a while. Jenkins had to find his footing. He looked better in the second half. So when the O-line got better as the game went on, it, it felt like we could do something. Um, but we still don't have like uh, the receiver. Mooney should be the guy. But if that's the only person, it's it's pretty easy to cover everybody. Yeah, I, I think part of that really was kind of handicapped by what the play calling was. I, for some reason, I don't. I, I, I'm assuming it's weather was why that first half really I think defined what they were doing. They just kind of like they just kind of went into a shell. And sure, they opened it up a little bit later, but you know it wasn't anything spectacular. A lot of it was uh, really you had dump offs to David Montgomery that made the majority of the receptions. You know Pettis's broken coverage touchdown, which still I'm surprised they he got that wide open. But that's yeah. the that's the mobility of Fields also playing into that too. Um, you know St. Brown and he had an 18 yard reception. Pringle got one. You know so not much of a day overall. And I'm wondering if the weather did that. Because next week against Green Bay, yeah, I know they only put up seven points, but I don't see Aaron Rodgers doing two weeks in a row of, okay, guys, we're just going to play. We're just going to learn this as we go. They're, like, it's going to be a hard practice week. They're going to get ready to play Chicago. Right. Um, so you can't have eight completions again. It's going to have to be a 20-plus pass attempt game that you're going to have on the other side that just to get this a win, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm sure the weather, because at the beginning of the game it was rainy, then it kind of slowed up, and that's kind of where the 49ers started to do real well. But then the Bears did in the third quarter, then the monsoon comes. But maybe that's maybe it was both. I think it might have been the weather, and it might have been, let's ease Justin Fields into this. Let's ease this team into this. It could have been both. I think it started could with be. the – I probably started with the weather, and then they were probably like, you know what, this is another good way to like just ease into it. And I think – Getsy, that's his first time being an OC, I think. I think he's always been a quarterback coach. So it could have been that, too. Like, let's ease into this. Um, let's get a def- – and we, we all got to remember, we're playing a different defense now. We're playing that 4-3. Back to the traditional 4-3 that right. we're used to. Right. Um, because as the game went on, you saw Roquan Smith start to get comfortable in that Mike linebacker spot and make plays in that 4-3. And the defensive linemen actually started to pick it up. The defensive ends with um, picked it up um, as the game went along because um, they got confident. And I think they kind of said, screw it. It's raining. We're slipping. We're sliding. And um, the 49ers started to make mistakes. And they weren't holding on blocks. They, were sl- they weren't catching it. And um, Trey Lance at the beginning of the game made some questionable decisions too. And I think right. that was a part of it. That's probably why we hung around. I, I think that the to me the 49ers left two touchdowns on the board that, right off the bat. You have that first drive that it was a great play by Jalen Johnson, but it felt like that was a momentum killer early. Like one of those, like you're talking, you and I both thinking, okay, this is probably going to be a dagger early. If they get out front and they can't and they get anemic on the other side of the ball, like everyone's predicting they will, then San Francisco can cruise. Right. But that was the first one. The second one I thought was Tyler Croft being overthrown. Mm-hmm. Because he, there was Croft had easily burned coverage on, I believe, uh, I believe it was Gordon at the time. Um, yeah. I could be wrong on that play if I'm recounting wrong, but he was wide open, 
missed just by a few just by a foot or so over his head and I'm thinking that's a touchdown too and that was early on that was like late in the second quarter they were like they could have gone 14 nothing going into half started really getting aggressive on defense and because they couldn't extend the lead you know they stuck mostly to that general like four four man rush mm-hmm. for most of the game which credit Chicago they did a decent job second half especially holding that down right and letting fields kind of just escape when he wanted but yeah, I mean those two. I think that's 14 points off the board for San Francisco. You know, couple the couple the excellent defensive performance by the Bears. I mean, Eddie Jackson getting a pick off a nice yes. off a nice job, kind of just playing shallow coverage, reading that slant, just going for the pick. That was, was great stuff. It was nice to see him making impact plays again. Yeah, that was nice to see because they had a they were trying to settle in too. What a tough game for safeties and corners on a mm-hmm. slippery field in a new defense. Um, but yeah, again, when a team does that, they don't capitalize on points. The defense gets frustrated, but they also have some confidence like, oh, they're not ready to play. They're not going to make that throw. Mm-hmm. Um, people did overreact and talk about the bears are back, how good they are. And I was like, I would not go that far. It's great to win. We all, we, you and I picked them to win, mm-hmm. but people were tweeting. I thought you said the bears didn't have any receivers. Look how wide open, um, Open uh oh my god I'm done like Pettis what Pettis was and I'm like what are you talking Blo- about blown coverage he's chilling on the opposite side of the field and plus add in the fact like if you do follow football one of the fundamentals of the game is you don't throw across your body no when I saw him throw do- across the field to do that you know no on the TV you can't see him open and he's throwing it I'm like I swear to God where is he throwing it to okay he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they all – because, again, Justin Fields, when he moves outside the pocket, they all move with him. I yep. think I tweeted – there was it was either that play or another play where it, maybe it was that play got broken down. And I think I tweeted, see, uh, scramble drill works, Matt Nagy, because he like completed something <laughs> yes. off of a scramble. Yes. And I'm like, see, it does work. So it's amazing for that. But people were tweeting that. Oh, I thought we had no receivers. What about this or this? And I'm like, we still don't have guys that – are established wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields did not look that great. Like I said, he had those moments, but yeah. still. I think a lot of it was done with his legs that really helped it. Because several of the penalties San Francisco had second half that kind of were drive extenders too were mostly dealt through him. Either you know extending his legs and getting, I think at least twice I remember him doing a slide and then – and like one of them was Greenlaw going in at his head and getting oh, slammed yeah. down, mm-hmm. and extended a drive for a touchdown. And then you have, you know, other ones where, you know, it's just they're like too long for coverage. It's a holdout in the cut in coverage for them. You know, a lot of leg leg stuff. And sure, I think you can chalk up, you know, some of it to just generally the weather. But I do agree there were some things I was like, yeah, the interception early in the game. That one bugged me because he was he had his feet set, and he threw it into obviously poor, well covered, well covered middle ground of the field early on, and really that was another moment I thought you know like San Francisco didn't take advantage of that too mm-hmm. well. So I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have thrown it there, pal. And I, I hope that that development furthers. Like they talked about this uh, post game on 670, by the way, that they're going. I want to see Fields, hopefully as the season goes on, do less of the scramble drill to save the game because it can't always work. Right. To let's see him become 
the passer more often. You know, let's let's rely less on the crazy plays, more on the we're seeing development growth from a pure quarterback. Right. But we also have to be careful with that because Nagy tried to do that with Trubisky. Like, you're going to be just a pocket quarterback. So if, sure. if they're smart with it, which I assume they will because, you know, being around Aaron Rodgers, he had, you know, gets he had moved the pocket with Aaron Rodgers. He can move. So when we, you know, I think when we all say move the pocket, we don't mean roll out and run, like roll out and just take right. off. We mean like a play action. They're sliding, they're shifting. Somebody else picks up the non block guy. He's moved now with the. Um, simulation that he's going to take off and we could throw it not across his body like what happened Sunday but you know just <laughs> just more natural there and a disappointment for me and I don't even think he threw to him was Komet in my mind in this rain a tight end should be your best friend of short passes blocking he had zero catches I don't even know if they tried to throw to him and I don't even know if it was in the game plan but mm-hmm. I was expecting him to have some catches to open up other things, and he didn't. And I'm overreacting. It's overreaction Tuesday whenever we record sure. this. But, but, you know, people said that. They're like, where was he? I have no idea. I think he was just blocking. I think he just he stayed in the one, block. He had one target against San Francisco. Um, and, I mean, there weren't too many targets towards tight ends. Like, Ryan Griffin had what was a catch that was then reversed on – a six yard reception early on in the first half. But I guess that was another thing. Like, you know, if we're doing dump offs and Montgomery's there, I mean, tight ends are also great dump off safety valves. So I was kind of shocked that those weren't options. Maybe that wasn't in some of the calls. But I mean, if, if David Montgomery's getting three receptions and is being that versatile, I would think you'd at least want commit or someone that's a bruiser that can get you a few extra yards off of like a broken tackle on the lower end there because that's tight ends are great for that stuff too right especially for young quarterbacks coming in and i mean patrick mahomes still uses kelsey like they're it's a great like i mean everybody tom brady you would use tight ends i know they had the greatest tight ends of all time some of them but you mm-hmm. still think with a young developing quarterback, especially moving the pocket to have him chip and like I'm just getting way too into it, but like block the end and come out and dump it off to him. Like you said, if, if Montgomery's going to get two or three yard dump offs, he should get two or three yard dump offs. Throw it to the big guy right at his hands. And you would think in the weather and a young developing quarterback um, being around Aaron Rodgers, who's used tight ends, you would think that's what he would have done, which we'll probably see as time moves I, forward. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, you got to be more open against Green Bay when we. I mean, we're going to talk about that here and have that later. But like, you got you have to be a little more versatile, you know. Right. Even even if you pay attention to last week, you know, still you're not going to see two weeks in a row of poor receiver play from Rodgers. He's not going to tolerate that. Right. Um. So that's going to have to step up. You're going to have to be offensively keeping up next week. But I will say one thing that I'm extremely satisfied with. You know, even with oppor- like opportunities abound, um, defense exceeded my expectations uh, yes. on Sunday. I was really pleased, and I know we had talked about how the secondary was kind of what they were going to be leaning on, and secondary did its job pretty well. But uh, dude, I'm paying attention more to Dominique Robinson after this week. I was that kid made a mark. You know, yeah. one and a half sacks. He was back there often. You know, causing havoc. I mean, we were talking. I mean, we talked about last week. Who's going to be the other guy? That helps Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. He was that guy, and if that's what we get consistently credit, 
week one overreaction, but if you can get that consistently from this from him, you know, I mean from, I mean from a uh, rookie, no doubt as well. Right. That's great for your future and great just for this season building up, getting where he can wins. I mean, helps the secondary too because I mean errant throws, bad passes, you know. I thought overall, defensively, I was really impressed with what Chicago did for the most part. Sands a few bad uh, run defenses. Yeah, I th- what was it? Like you said, very early on, there was that breakdown where it could have been a touchdown. But that mm-hmm. was so early on, then the defense settled in. And once they settled in, you know, because the preseason, you don't see all these guys on the field at the same time. You know, That's it's true. that once they got settled, and I think they started to figure out Trey Lance and what he was doing then they could settle in. And like you said, the, the, the perk of this 4-3 is that you could only send four. And if they're able to condense the pocket and make Trey Lance make a quick decision, they can just drop and they can play and they can read and they're fast enough. Then you've got Roquan Smith who can maybe be a spy and come up and hit. He hit Trey Lance a couple times. He'll come up and he pop did. him. And if they can settle into that, they can be competitive as the season goes on. Not saying they're going to dominate like old school, but they can – be competitive, maybe bend and don't break type of thing. Kind of like what they did with the 49ers. Keep everything in front. It kind of looks like Notre Dame back in the day. Like this 4-3, keep everything in front and let the other team make a mistake. Or we can read this play with Eddie Jackson, get an interception. Like something will happen where we get the ball back. Um, especially against Trey Lance in his first NFL start. Like mm-hmm. they're going to do that against him. Because we still have yeah. good players. Oh, absolutely. And well, Lance did only got, and th- the thing is, you know, Lance only got limited action. I, I think that we were, we and others were wondering how effective were they going to be in their system. And again, flashes for the guy, but Chicago, like we're, like you're talking, they clamped down after they got, they started seeing the RPO enough, you know, and kind of keying in on a few things. Um, I think I was, I, like I said, I was mainly impressed with Dominique Robinson. I, I really liked uh, for for the sake of just his tenacity and kind of the motor he was given, um, I thought Brisker, for all the hype that he's been getting this off season, he showed out had some big hits. Uh, Gordon, I think hopefully he continues to progress. There were a few times he got burned in coverage, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to progress fine. Uh, and Jalen Johnson, I was worried about that knee injury earlier that he had gotten down for like a play. I'm like, oh no, yeah, yeah. we can't lean on Kyler Gordon this early. But luckily it was minor and he came back in. But um, I'll tell you, like, I, between Robinson and Brisker, I was really impressed with from those young guys. Um, and if Jackson's the way he is in this game, Sands, uh, what I consider kind of a pitiful tackle that he tried on Debo Samuel when they scored. Uh, I mean, you know, he was he looked like he was flying around a little more, like he was a little more free-moving like they wanted him to be, like right. Eberflus wants him. And that's great. Like I like what we got overall from the secondary and what we got from the front four because I was underestimating that front four hard. Um, I hope it's like that against Aaron Rodgers because if we can do what the Minnesota did to Rodgers last week, things might be a little more favorable. Right, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves, and that's good. We can't help ourselves. It's like itching to talk about the Packers. I know, I know. Um, it, it was, it's so fun to talk about a win. I know, it's so fun. Um, the other thing I – I had tweeted a poll. I said, how long till Jimmy G starts again? And 
the poll I put up, I think they said like people voted. I don't get a lot of votes. I'm not popular, but they said like three to five games. Like he comes back. Like people already think that. And I put that up before the game. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine what people would think now afterwards. Um, Cause I will kind of want to, we'll end it on that. Cause we can talk more bears when we get to the Packers, but like people already calling for Trey Lance to not play anymore. They're like, you know, you gotta have this guy on your bench named Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, has a couple Super Bowls as a backup. He's been mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. Uh, they he was leading your offense against Dal or, or against LA last year. They just collapsed. But I mean, you have a proven guy. That's why they brought him back. But I'm with you. I'm like, if you keep seeing this progression and San Francisco had a bunch of hype. I mean, NFL.com, you can take power rankings with a grain of salt if you want. They have ranked number four going into last week against Chicago. They were the fourth highest ranked team in terms of like preseason power rankings because of that roster. And that that is not boding well for them. So I... I mean, overreactions or not, that's not a good sign if you're your starling QB from the same draft class, you know, mind you, with more weapons, mind you, couldn't pull this off. <laughs> right. Um, the poll I put was, how long till Jimmy G starts for the 49ers? It was before the game. 22% said he won't. One to three games was 33%. Three to seven said 45% mm. of, who, of when that's going to happen. We can't judge him on this monsoon. Um, I don't think, right. um, but like the media is already calling for it. Like you got this guy right here that, you know, knows how to win. He may not be flashy. He may not put up 500 yards of passing. He's not Peyton Manning, but by God, he knows how to win. It's like Tim Tebow. Like somehow this guy just wins and throws the ball better. Yeah. And if, if, if they go on this downhill spiral of a couple games, you have to think like, well, Jimmy, you're back in because Trey's not getting it done. Uh, and, you know, but I don't know. Can't can't judge the monsoon. That's They're going to get a surprising test against Seattle at home next week. Oh, yeah, that's who they play next. So, I mean, for what Seattle did against Denver in terms of defensive stands, that's going to be quite the uh, another, I guess, reading on the Trey Lance experience. Because going into the Rams for them that week four, they could be 0-3 or 1-2. Well, yeah, you get a ticked-off Denver team on Sunday Night Football after that. That's true. They could be 0-3 heading in to play the Rams at home. Mm -hmm. And then that decision could be coming where, well, it's tried, it's done, it's over. Unless he gets traded to the Cowboys, which has been rumored now because of Prescott's hand. Do you think that's more likely, though? Because now with Prescott being out for so long and Jerry having so much invested, do you go for the trade? I don't know because there's that part of me that goes, you might as well because right now they're saying six weeks at the best. And But now, now the 49ers are probably sitting there going, well, what are you going to give me? Because now, true. how much are you going to give me now? Because now all of a sudden people, you're going to want him. And then the next part of that equation is, do they even want to trade him now because of Trey Lance and what happened in this game? Now are they thinking maybe we shouldn't because 
if Trey Lance gets hurt or if something happens, because they run him a lot. They ran him a lot with they the do. Bears. They do. If something, he, got a lot, he got pounded. Like, there was a few times he, he got did. like drove into the ground. He did. They literally called like quarterback power stuff, and he just ran straight forward. And mm-hmm. those were those plays Roquan just came down and slam, or like he got popped. This full body weight on at least one of those tackles. I, I had to like, I had to cringe a little because I, I felt it through the screen. <laughs> yeah. And I think Roquan's like, yeah, he didn't do shit against us. And I'm like, Roquan's back. Like he, he you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know this is the Bears talk, but that was my thought with the 49ers was because I'm a Jimmy G guy. I He's from the Arlington. He, I, I was around him during spring ball in college. And so it's like I watch what he does and um, like he just wins. And now you've got him as a backup, but I don't know. If this was a couple weeks ago, I'd say they're training him to Dallas. Like, there would be no question. Like, they want to get rid of him. Now, it's either you have to give me a lot or they're going to keep him. You got the leverage on your side. Right. And I don't know if Jerry will. You're paying Dak. Do you just try to survive six weeks? I don't know. That's That sounds like a fourth and four podcast thing that you guys should discuss well and i i think that is going to be a topic i, I for full disclosure i am uh i am in charge of the topics so there you go clearly that is going to be on there because i'm also wondering the same thing and you know i, I do i am curious actually because i want to know say you're jerry how long on the hook are you for jimmy garoppolo and i, I gotta check here's so a spot ra- spot track here so You'd be on the hook for just this year because he's a free agent in 2023. So you really would be trading a rental. Right. So you wouldn't – I don't think in a trade you'd lose like a, – a, you wouldn't lose a one through two pick. I think you lose like maybe at least a third rounder just so you can get someone that is starting caliber out of the gate. Right. But, but will you have to go up any players now or are they just going to take draft picks? Ooh. I would think you just take the draft pick and run, you know? Yeah, it just all depends on... Unless you... Go ahead, I because it's just... I I was just saying, I think you take the draft pick and run unless you don't feel like you have an option behind Jimmy Garoppolo that is worth sitting there. Because, I mean, Lance, during our game, again, and that's another factor with the Bears winning, like we talked, a few missed opportunities that didn't look like he was fully ready. You know, mm-hmm. like that overthrow of Croft, I think was like, was one of those itched in my mind that goes, it was close. He hits that, and that shows that there's a re- that that shows that they definitely switch for a reason. But you got to, I mean, you don't hit that. You know, that shows you need a little more, more timing, a little more uh, precision, or something along that line. Yeah, because their third string is Brock Purdy, who was from Iowa State. They drafted him. Oh, yeah, he was like a seventh rounder. He was, he was one of the last picks in the draft. Yeah, that's their third string. So that that's kind of where they would have to sit is if you've got a draft pick and you trade Jimmy away and then something happens with Trey Lance, now you got to bring in this seventh-round pick rookie to come in and play. And so that's why I don't know. Just if the 49ers do want to trade him, do they say you have to pay – or not pay, give us a draft pick and then we want this player – like on top of it, like you have to give us because like now they're trying to play leverage. Like, well, now you're desperate, Cowboys. Now you want this, right? But like, but like you said, then I really think this is what they're thinking. 
do we do we take this risk? Is there is there a spot in the mind of Jimmy's going to play? Which is interesting. I, I don't want to be in that position. All this, by the way, I think stems from just the Bears winning. Because I, I, yeah, I, maybe I was even blind to how much the national media had written the Bears off in this one mm-hmm. because of all I, – I mean, the amount of ones that said massive upset, insane upset. I was like, I knew they were an underdog going in, but I didn't think this was going to be like they're going to whoop on them in Soldier Field, you know? And now coming out, all these questions arise because they lost to Chicago. You know, otherwise, I think if, if they win, you and I don't have this talk. You know, Jimmy's just sitting there as a mentor at that point. And then I think it's easy where you then maybe even more so say, okay, yeah, we should trade to Dallas. Because if Trey's ready, if Trey looked good in that game, sure, let's get a draft pick. Let's throw him over to Dallas. We can, Brock is a young guy that we can have in the wings as a backup. Or we get a veteran person on free agency that can then sit there and we either move on from Brock or we keep him on the roster. But now you get that loss, all that uncertainty. Chicago just made a bunch of San Francisco fans possibly wet themselves a little. <laughs> so there's a lot of positive when we won, and then we might have ended hopes and dreams at the quarterback spot for the 49ers. We might have. All right. We might have messed some pe- with some people's heads mentally. I think so, and then now people are panicking. All right. I like it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I dig it. You know, all this for, all this for an upset win. <laughs> Yeah, because when they got to that four-minute mark and I saw the monsoon come and we were up either the 16-0 or the 19-0, I was like, or 10, 16-10, 19-0, I was like, we win. I saw the monsoon. I was like, there's no way they come back from this. Like, it's so hard to throw the football. It's so hard to block. It's so hard to run. And I already knew. So the four-minute mark, I was like, we won. Like, I could just start glancing away from it. I was like, it's over. You know something's up when Fox had to put on the experimental black lettering (laughs) to mark where the field was. (laughs) They did it for one play, too. It was was the final play of the 49ers drive on that fourth down, and then they just were done with it because they knew the game was over. I know. Um, If there's anything else you want to talk about, my thought was we can't overreact. People have already overreacted saying how we're back and we're this. I'm like, no, no, hold on. I had someone at the at the bar I go to on Sundays say that, and in, I'm a, sure we're, you and I are both bitter. I guess I'm, I, I took my bitter side came. I was like, no, 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 don't please do not say that because I have been burned so many times in recent years. <laughs> do not say that until we at least play Green Bay. Maybe I can get a little more. I mean, I'm happy. So like now my like some of my confidence that's in the back of my mind is like, come on, you you want this right? I'm like, I do. Right. But I know what has happened before. So, in its week one, everyone re- reacts crazy week one. Things happen, you know. Give it some time. I mean, yes. think about this. The entire AFC South didn't win a game this past week. That is true. Does that mean the AFC South, like, we just expect all of them to be sub-500 teams? No. <laughs> no. One of, them's good. one of those suckers is going to get at least 10 wins. I just don't know which one right now. Yes. Um. But, yeah, I was the same way because, like, remember 2018 and then going into 2019? We don't want to go through this again. We That's don't, what I'm at right now. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's where I'm at. This is supposed to be a building year. Let me just deal with it. I know it's a building year. Just let's get through the building year and have, like, positives from, like, growth on that end. Now, if we keep winning, fantastic. You know? But it's also week one. I ain't buying. I ain't buying yet. 
I'm going to ask this again on the Packers episode, I'm sure. If we keep winning, is it going to be 2018 all over again? We're like, we're winning. We're winning. It's ugly. We're winning. Wait, I want I want to rebuild. I want this to happen. I want, wait, what? what's going on? I will be, I don't know. I'll be like a happy cry. I'll be like, I'm so happy, but I'm crying because we're screwing it up. We're somehow I'm, screwing this up. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it right now. I'm just thrilled we're 1-0. Uh, I, I, you and I took a gamble on picking the, on picking them to win. They pulled it off in the rain mm-hmm. as well, and now we get to go into Green Bay. So yep. who knows what's on the horizon? Green Bay got knocked down last week. Hey, maybe we can hold them down. Maybe we're two and zero after week two. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yep, glad to be one and zero. We're up there with what? Just us in Minnesota are one and zero in the NFC North. Yeah. Yep. You are right. Nobody in the AFC South won a game, or, or what was it, AFC South? East? Yeah, two ties, two losses. Yeah, so nobody won there. Uh, so we're in the top tier of the NFL teams right now, being 1-0. Uh, and we're not calling for anybody to be fired yet. That's a positive. Nobody's being called. <laughs> um, and we kind of have a glimpse to what the Bears look like, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the Packers. But, yep, 1-0. We were very positive in our pick. I'm sure we're the I, – I, Real quick, I'll end it with that. I didn't realize it either. I knew the Bears were thought less of. You know, they predicted four or five wins. But after they won, and you're seeing all these videos from before, I didn't know they were out there. I didn't see the the Bears are terrible. They're not going to win a game and, and everything right. else. No and, idea. You know, you know what? One more reference, because, again, I'm a power ranking sucker. I like the NFL.com one. You know where they – guess where the Bears are ranked in the power rankings. Right now? Where they were week one, like going into week two. Yes, they were dead last. They were put dead last in the NFL, the worst team in the preseason power rankings. Now they're 25, although that doesn't, again, power rankings take it with a grain of salt. But to me, that's a litmus test on national media's appeal. So now they're like, okay, they're not not the worst. They actually, there's better surprise than we thought. We'll put them a little higher up. That's what they looked like. They they were considered dirt to start the season. So, So. we were below the Jaguars. Like we were below the Jags, <laughs> the Jets, you know, all the other schmucks that have been ho- even more god awful in recent years. Oh my god! Here I we did... are. Oh, that makes the win feel so much better now. After yes. hearing that, no, it feels good. It does feel good. <laughs> it feels real good after that. Uh, but we'll end there. Uh, we'll have another episode for our. Green Bay preview, which will be a good one, because I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I yeah, definitely a lot of thoughts. Um, Plenty. So we'll get to that. Um, but want to know? Bear down with Chicago, soon to be Arlington Heights, Chicago Bears. <laughs> soon to be the Arlington Bears. Um, but Zach, thanks for coming back on for this one for the Bears recap. Um, look out for the next episode, which will be our Green Bay preview, which will be a fun one. Sunday Night Football, I believe. They announced that Under today. Under the lights, yes. National Spotlight. Yep, Sunday Night Football, so we'll screw it up. But we'll talk about that <laughs> when we get to that one. <laughs> Zach, thanks for coming back. Um, again, people go check out his podcasts. Fourth and Four is back every Sunday morning to bring NFL yep. news and you know every, everything else. I missed it again because I was gone. But I'll try to catch back up. Yeah, check. Tune in, tune in 11, 11 o'clock Eastern time. So 10 your area. 
That's why I uh, missed it. This coming Sunday. That's why I missed it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, everybody. We will see you guys next time. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.